Hi, Tanmay. What's up, Manav? What's up, man? How's it going? It's been hell this year, but uh, <laughs> things are a lot better after YC, to be honest. YC in the bag. Congratulations. Hey, guys. Welcome to the second episode of Crosstalk Conversations, a platform where founders share stories about their daily hustle. This is Manav, your host for today's podcast. In this episode, we have with us Tanmay Jain, founder of recently YC-backed startup Infido. Infido has built a bot called Amber that helps employees with their motivation. They have over 100 customers such as GE, Puma, Coca-Cola, Baijus. Uh, and also with just a seed down investment of about $100,000, Infido at present has $1.6 million in ARR. Tanmay is a dear friend of mine and probably has the most number of failures and struggles up his sleeve. So I think the first half of the year, we were really struggling with the whole cash flow situation, like any other startup out there. And then there were two things. One is figuring out like financial health and yeah. second is men- mental health. Oh, so wow. this has been really helpful. <laughs> wow. So I'm really happy to at least sort of stabilize now as, as a company and as a person this year. That's amazing. I'm sure it would have been, you know, a hell of a year with coronavirus happening because I don't know any industry which has not been impacted. So guys, just for like an introduction, Tanmay is the founder of Infido. Tanmay, why don't you just like tell us a little bit about Infido and then we can just, you know, deep dive into it. Oh, sure thing. So like with Infido, we've built an Amber called, bot called Amber. Mm -hmm. She chats with employees and basis that she does the HR who is happy, who is unhappy, who is most likely to leave. The whole idea is to sort of help them through this and post COVID, like we sort of realized like how important or how much more critical our role has become. Right. Because I yeah. I was just surprised to see that I started Amber in 2016 out of like mental battles. And when those mental battles came back this year, at the same time, I have to re-innovate this for other people. I was like, wait a sec, how can I solve a problem I'm facing myself? But yeah. I was like, maybe I can solve it better because I am still facing it myself. Right. So, wow. so it is a struggle. It'll always be a struggle. And like, as long as I have a role to play in solving the same struggle for other people, I think that's good enough. Wow. You said you started this out of a mental battle. So what was the birth of Amber? How did Amber come into planet Earth? (laughs) Three years of nightmares. So 2013 to 2016 is me trying to figure out my startup, sort of sacrificing my college life and just sacrificing like relationships, right? Because you're just like single track all in. Like that's the only thing you live, breathe, sleep, right? And when it doesn't work out towards the end of it, like it doesn't work out in a way where you don't see it working out. Yeah. Right? So for me, it was slightly different where I couldn't like 2016, whatever we'd built before that, I saw it failing mm-hmm. and the people around me didn't realize it. So I had to kill it. Like it's like killing something, you know, is going to die. It's like that scene in I Am Legend, right? Where uh, Will Smith sort of strangles his own dog yeah. because he knows it's going to sort of convert into that dark seeker. Yeah. And like, that's how I felt. Right. And like, like that scene is just like, it's so imprinted in me. So 2016, I was struggling personally as well, because uh, like what happened is like college was over. Everybody was just moving on in their like lives. And you just keep seeing the top 1% of million people on yeah. social media. And it was the era of like uh, Elon Musk sort of taking off and everybody's like just doing this killer stuff startups in India booming and here I am just like what the fuck am I doing and there is a story online where we said just shut shop I cried my team members cried and we were like all time low and when I hit my absolute lowest I was like wait a sec like so somebody recommended to read two books and I never read before that yeah. I was like I, I, let's, we've come to an absolute low so <laughs> 
ये भी ये भी कर लेते हैं लेट्स ट्राई इट आउट सो टू बुक्स वन वाज कॉल्ड चूज योर सेल्फ बाय जेम्स आल्टिचर व्हिच सॉर्ट ऑफ हेल्प मी विद माय मेंटल वेलबीइंग एज अ फाउंडर राइट एंड द सेकंड वन वाज गूगल स्प्रिंट लाइक बाय द गूगल वेंचर्स एज अ फर्म एंड बोथ बुक्स आई हैव लर्नड one on a like text format and the other one in audio format i still couldn't read <laughs> and uh, and within a week i think that five day sprint fundamentally sort of changed our lives because ambo is born right and i basically channelized that the fact that the mental angst employees go through the lack of purpose lack of meaning and so on and so forth like how do we give them a voice where they feel heard yeah and the ceo or hr can do something about it so i sort of channelized that through amber as a person or a bot whatever you want to call it and ironically that solved for my own mental health <laughs> so that's just how it happened wow now that sounds crazy because it's amazing how you converted your own experience into a product and which is out there helping so many other people now and like how it's helping about it but i'm i'm very curious about this sprint you i'm sure like you as a leader at the google sprint or you heard the google sprint and then i'm sure you had like a core team of 5 10 people at that time i'm guessing you guys want to pick that how did you put out what you're thinking out to your team to give you the end result of amber in the end like how does that process work so here's the hardest thing about a sprint right and till date we have been able to recreate that sprint right the hardest thing about the sprint is for 5 days you do nothing else but the sprint right oh. like literally nothing else right and uh, for us we were like we're anyway shutting down yeah. so all of the existing customer issues we had <laughs> only had three customers <laughs> customer issues tech issues employee issues so like it's anyway going yeah. so might as well just give, give this all we have right and we were we, we never had did the sprint from an intention to rejig or restart our company Right. that book was so fascinating i was like let's try this out and we just followed the process of the right. sprint right however something like it like might be a little cliche but I, i was watching this jobs interview from the 90s where he said what ibm and at least back then microsoft used to get wrong was they craft the processes but not yeah. the content that goes in them right yeah. so i think for us it was very interesting how not only did uh, one of my colleagues uh, drive the process like by the book the content that was coming from our own minds and hearts was actually from personal experiences wow right and i think both coming together and on the fifth day we just knew that okay it's like the california gold rush like you're just hitting it you can hear the sound of the gold <laughs> we found it <laughs> oh, so it, was, it, it sounds like really cool and stuff but but it's like a sandwich like where your success or happiness is in the middle like and outside there's this whole uh, like this negative stuff happening like do you feel fucked up your team members are struggling anxiety insecurity like yeah. will this work will this not work i have to prove myself right yeah. so on that this always comes along with it it comes together it doesn't yeah. come like okay this the happiness here that's that's amazing so what's the journey after the sprint amber is born and i think it's a tipping point for infido infido is there before that too right so i'll call it like the tipping point for for infido what happened after that like it just like the domino effect the inertia began so uh, right so there were a few individuals uh, one of them happens to be akul wariko where uh, like he'd actually sold our previous product right and like he's somebody i stood my back then and i still do right mm-hmm. so so when he sold our product it it hurt 
right? That's like, like your self worth just goes for a toss, right? So yeah. like gradually, like he he used started using Amber. So we're like, okay, we got nearby Ankur back. Like we got our customers back. We started uh, getting like money from the customers who sort of left us. The people who I thought would go away were even more happier, right? So that started building up. Then the vault show happened, which is essentially India's version of Shark Tank, and uh, yeah, I saw that one. Birthday, which is oh my, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was seventeenth of September, two thousand sixteen. So it literally happened one month after the sprint. Like, and here, if for those of you who will be seeing the episode after this, like, like I'm super passionate. Let me tell you on the day of the show. So seven hours on my birthday, I was in a room which was literally the size of my piano, man. Like it was so oh. boxed, like the studios in Film City, Noida, and like seven hours of patiently waiting. And then right before our sh- uh, shooting began, I saw the startup. Before that, hearing the following statement: "Bowman Irani might be your investor, but we, as let's say, like the business fraternity." Do not think your valuation is right, and they slashed that fellow's valuation by like half. Oh my god! Like that and then, and he was shitting his pants like uh, on the set. Seven hours of wait, watching this, I was yeah. like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so here, so they had a thirty-second pitch. Um, so what happened is, I went inside. I gave the thirty-second pitch, the one before the wall door opens. Yeah, and it was fucked up. So this guy, who's now the founder of a company called Pesto, right? Swiggy's co-founder joined him recently. His name is Ayush. So Ayush comes to me on the set, and he's like, "Dude, you're presenting to the whole country. Is this what you're gonna do?" And I know I can present well. At least that's the yeah. like my number one skill set. And I fucked that up. So what I did is I went for a jog in Film City in form. Right? <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> for a one kilometer jog. <laughs> literally, I'm I'm. I'm running on the roads, right? I oh, just told them come back in like five minutes. I come back and I have this energy in me, yeah. And I just went. And the irony is, those investors did not know that 40 days ago I had announced I'm shutting down my company, yeah, right. And what they got at the end of it is, within 40 days, our product, like at least my mental health back then, was finally sound. Our team was pumped. We we started getting the customers, the cash, and it just fell. in place like a puzzle sort of adding up but then again like i said it always there is always a catch yeah so we didn't get the money after the wall show because uh, the terms were like not in our favor right and we had a lot of back and forth right and uh, a lot of experienced investors on the panel like anupam mittal and i have a lot of respect for them but the terms were not favorable right so uh, Six months of a drag. What I learned that I should have hired a lawyer. I actually went through each and every word and line myself <laughs> as the first time founder. Huge mistake. Yeah, a lot of founders do that. Every item. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so from September to March, I just did this, and the thing dropped in March. So we needed money in March again. Otherwise, we would have again charged off. <laughs> so what I did is I sent the vault video. To about ten, twelve investors, I admired, and without speaking to me, like they said yes, right? Uh, and I think that's when we got the money in about two weeks. And that's that's something with good investors, by the way, good angels. Like they will not be flaky; they will like you, and they just put the money, and then we we were back in business. So that's awesome. the story. Seven months after that. Wow, I love the part that you ran before your pitch. I don't know if anybody else does. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was. I remember once I was about to go and pitch. 
and I was thinking I'll do push-ups before it, but then I got confused that if I might look too sweaty. <laughs> but I was like, no. <laughs> but you, you yeah. do need, I think, the that, adrenaline. Yes, you need that adrenaline to you know put out and be passionate. I mean, I'm sure everyone's every founder is so passionate about it. But sometimes you need your heart yeah. to be racing in a certain way. Yeah, that's amazing. You guys started. You got your seed round. You know, sometimes it's all glory days. That's what everyone thinks that you've had a great journey. But I and you both as a founder and probably a lot of us know that that's not actually true. You always have like ups and downs. And I think another big down right now would have been coronavirus. So like, honestly, everyone's just stuck at home. How are you struggling? And how are you coping with like COVID? Like February, I went to this 10-day silent retreat called Vipassana, right? I went to the US and Texas and uh, there was no corona. There was no isolation. And I had voluntarily isolated myself for 10 days to sort of just, again, challenge my mental immunity and so on and so forth. And on the 10th day, when I come out and I see my phone, like first of all, my phone looks so different. I was like, okay, this feels different because I hadn't seen technology for 10 days, no access to people, no human contact. And it just blew up. Like I was like, tuck, 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 Corona, lockdown, social oh, isolation, man. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, because those 10 days, I felt deprived. Right? Yeah. And I was like, ready to roll. Right? I came out like, our fundraise conversations went for a toss, right? Our, we were going to celebrate seven years. Uh, our events went for a toss, right? Our sales yeah. went for a toss. My Seven of my team members were supposed to fly down to the US uh, for an event called Sasta. The tickets were booked, right? I'm like, they're not coming. I made sure my parents came at least this time because every time I go to the US, I'm like, this time I'll make sure they come along. Yeah. So my parents came, they felt sick in the US. Right? Oh, man. Like, so here I come up, I come out and all of this is already happened so i was like in 10 days like i don't know if i can experience this ever again or anyone has that you literally it's like you wake up in a different world i was like what the fuck (laughs) i'm so sorry this is really funny because you're like after 10 days of isolation you're just like what (laughs) like where did this come from (laughs) yeah and like you see that in the movies right like you wake up in a parallel world or like things change like so drastically so i literally so it took me a good three, four months to sort of uh, settle into what happened, right? And uh, to really sort of summarize it, my fundraise fell apart, my relationship fell apart, uh, my team, I was trying to sort of pull them together. I had to suddenly announce pay cards, even though like, thanks to YC and now the fundraise, we, we sort of revoked the pay cards and we're back in business. But just like here, I'm going through all this and I have to announce this to my team that guys, you know, all of that stuff I was doing, all of the stuff we were excited about is wiped off, right? And just like we had everything, like in the sense that we had a, our office went, right? So we were in WeWork. Right? Yeah. Like we had all of our plans and models in place, but the wave hit so hard. Like we sort of just stumbled and stumbled hard. That's what like the good thing is I sort of shielded my team a lot from this, especially like my leadership still had a lot of it. The mental agony right, yeah. that uh, we went through, I went through for a good like one to two months, right? It was just disturbing. And I felt like, okay, I'm back to 2016. Like we know we need to sort of uh, rejig our product to remote workforces, the gig economy from people working in 100 offices. They're working 90,000 offices because yeah. that company had 90,000 employees and now they're all at home. So the ability to sort of adapt and change when you're mentally screwed up. I think that is the real definition of founder, I guess. Right. And that's what I've realized has been one sort of, I won't say skill, something that's just, I've, I've been forced to learn this. 
which there's no other way. That's yeah. the dark side of entrepreneurship. I guess, I guess I, that's pretty much true. I remember feeling the same, but, yeah. but you're so right. I feel there's so much to learn for new people who are coming in to be prepared in one way or the other uh, about, yeah. you know, it's not just a glorified thing to become a founder. Like, yeah, cool. I'm a founder and life is all cherry from that. Like talking about, you've got people looking up to you. You've got expectations. You yourself have a product to deliver. You have, you have so many stakeholders as a founder yourself. And uh, I feel like I'm discouraging a few budding. Just <laughs> <laughs> painting the darkest side, right? No, no, guys, you get you you go you, you go to YC <laughs> just to be also become you all go to YC. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll be speaking to Michael Sibyl, Ben Horowitz, and all of these guys, Airbnb founders, they're coming and giving these stories, yeah. right? Like, my, my, my presumption is that the good side is on YouTube, the internet, our website, our customers, and Shark Tank, and blah, blah, blah. Because that stuff is out there. People yeah. know the positive. Yeah. But I guess, like, my presumption is they know the other side <laughs> fair enough but no, no but yeah. i think i think this was actually great uh but congratulations on yc tanvay i think that's that sorry the start of the starting of the conversation i'm bringing it back to yc are you excited man i i mean that's like such a stupid question that's like asking somebody who's just like good voice are you excited yes though you are but how did it all come along like um uh, it's going to be another tipping point. And I, I, I use that word so much because I feel there's so many tipping points in everyone's life and in every business. So another tipping point for your business here now. Uh, how does that feel to be a YC founder, bro? <laughs> I think initially with YC, I was a little bit taken aback because number one, you have to dilute a lot. Once uh, YC happened, I was so jittery. I hope, I hope this is worth it. I hope this is worth it. And my mentors kept saying that YC will give you a lifetime of network credibility and so on and so forth. I was like, I hope this is worth it. But then when YC started, I was like, hell yes. (laughs) All of my previous investors, mentors combined, what I learned from them in 30 minutes, I was like, holy shit. Like, and like, for example, when I saw Airbnb's founder, right, like Brian Chesky and like Joe speak, right, I was like, they're even more fucked in the COVID era. And the passion <laughs> that they have right now like, is like, what am I doing? Right? Because like, first of all, it resets your ambition. Yeah. Right? And then when you have those one-on-one office hours with like the CEO and so on and so forth, right? Like they really just show a mirror, which you haven't been wanting to see for a while. Like, like they just show it to you in a way where like, oh shit, like in the simplest of terms, you're like, oh fuck, this is how I am. (laughs) And that, the analogies you put all kinds of makeup on your startup, on your team and everyone's like, oh, you look so pretty as a startup. Like, wait a sec, this is fucked up, right? And that is so important for a long-term perspective, right? Because at some point that makeup from your startup comes off, right? And you're like, holy shit. For us, it was basically that, okay, like you need a leadership team in place because everything is sort of boiling down like to you guys or your team under this immense stress and pressure. Like they need leaders yeah. right, to own stuff. And like for us, and a shout out, we need an engineering head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that's where we guys are. That's that's mad, man. I'm gonna just ask you one last question. And this is just because you've been such a strong proponent of you you promote mental health. You have read blogs and articles, I've heard seen videos of you talking about it on YouTube. It's something which is very close to you, clearly and evidently. And your product also, in a way, has been designed 
to help companies and their employees battle challenges nobody speaks about them so easily i'm just going to leave the mic to you about it about how you feel about it what's your journey with it how do you think it can help founders combat it because they feel it and not even founders i think every any person for that matter i think mental health has been stigmatized because it's looked at in a reactive way right so when you look at it in a reactive way what ends up happening is you're only looking at the extreme cases or the cases that are uncomfortable to talk about but if you sort of reject the narrative and look at mental immunity yeah right that suddenly seems so much more accepting like because yeah. there was a time when like meditation was like what the hell is this right? but now with uh, with jay shetty yeah. with mind valley with vishal lakhani with headspace with calm with suddenly the school thing right yeah. this stigma and sort of normalizing the fact that the psychological well-being of a founder or the psychological well-being of an employee like recognize that half the planet is going through the problem yeah like just recognize it so which means that in this call the probability of between you and me whatever <laughs> struggling with it is like 100% right yeah so i think that's the biggest challenge and once we do sort of accept that like and this open up about it like you look around it'll be like oh wow you'd start building such amazing friendships relationships because everyone is struggling in some way or the other like why is mental health equals depression like why is okay. mental immunity not just talked about as i'm stressed out and it's consuming me yeah that's another way of looking at it and sada sharma at your story wrote a very nice article on linkedin i remember about her struggle right and it's just so inspiring when someone speaks about it because nobody does imagine if everybody spoke about it it shouldn't inspire you it should be like okay the core like you know cause and effect right yeah. so like if you have 100 problems like there is a cause like there is a root cause if an individual can get their mental immunity and well-being sorted right like that solves a thousand problems so why not just take it head on when you know it's there and like that's the dark side that's the mirror you don't want to see Yeah. Like maybe what if someone just told you that you know what every problem you're facing in life is because you're not realizing that you're going through so much stress you need to take it head on. So I think that's how I feel about it, and I've But seen I- a lot of help, support, and just friendships and relationships emerging just from talking about it. Yeah, that's how I put it. Yeah. That was long but well it's <laughs> <laughs> No but I think it makes a lot of sense also I don't know Tanmay guys Tanmay is like whoever is listening to this Tanmay is also uh, a great piano player and what he's going to be doing is my ending song of this podcast is going to be played by Tanmay I mean I guess he's approving that by smiling already <laughs> so we're going to have that but Tanmay it was so fun speaking to you man like it's always fun speaking to you honestly <laughs> <laughs> Likewise man thank you so much uh, and i hope this takes off <laughs>